Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast and what a day it is. The squad has been announced for the Autumn Internationals and there is some narrative all over the place. Everywhere you look, there is narrative abound. It is David, Matt and Alan here to break it all down for you. Um, Matt, how are you doing, bud? I mean, what what a day. What what a set of discourse we've we've been treated to already. I almost feel like the the fact the squad announcement didn't come until three thirty, just whetted the appetite even more for the news that we'd the rumours that we'd heard. It and allowed the vacuum just to like build. It was so exactly. good, and the the actual announcement just yeah, it delivered. It delivered, man. Alan, what do you think's gone down um, better, Liz Truss's mini budget or um, Tooney's decision to drop um, Finn Russell? I think there's potentially more vitriol with Finn Russell. The the the, the, the Scott. The, the, I think Facebook specifically, which is always sort of the hidden part of Scottish rugby discourse. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't actually have the app on my phone, but I, I went <laughs> went via the web browser and just had a little peek, and I was I was blown away. I had to turn away after about. Well, that's where the conserv- That's where the conservative Scottish rugby fans are. Yeah, <laughs> but they love Finn. So. Oh, they absolutely love Finn. It's uh but no, it's, I'd say the only thing that energizes me more than a Scottish rugby win is Scottish rugby drama. Ah, oh, we were saying this just off, off, offline, obviously, like knowing we were potting tonight and just watching this unfolding. It's just, it is just great narrative. Love I know. It. I think Matt said the only annoying thing is that it's twice now that we've had the information that Finn's not going to be in the squad. And it's yeah. twice we just we just haven't quite felt we could pull the trigger on the news and then obviously the BBC. Yeah. <laughs> Getting on by the BBC. That, that'll surprise an awful lot of people that think that we just tweet whatever shite we receive. Yeah, I know, exactly. 
we are serious journalists. We try and stand these things up. I remember with the Ireland game, we got like a, a multiple through and we were just like, this can't be true. <laughs> That's the thing. I don't think we believed that Finn was going to be dropped. It's such bonkers news, but it could only happen in the world of Scottish rugby. Absolutely. Well, we're going to get hugely into all of that. We are going to talk about Finn and the impact on the squad and everything around it. Plus, um, the rest of the squads, there are a number of other players that have been picked and omitted for the upcoming Autumn Internationals. Um, so that's going to make up the body of the um, episode. But to start off, and as you know, from the last few tournaments that we've been covering, we've been working very closely with the guys over at Match Pint, but Match Pint is no more. They are now Fanzo, but they're still doing their fantastic Guinness Pint Predictor game where you can play against your friends. Um, looking uh, to predict the scores of all of the games through the Autumn Internationals um, and win yourself three pints of Guinness. The Thistle League, which had over 500 of you playing last year, is going to be back. If you were in our league last time, just download the app and you'll be there again. If you are a newbie, we're going to be putting some details in the show notes to this episode, plus all over our social media channels um, over the next few days to make sure that you can join as an additional incentive, as if you needed more other than to win three pints of Guinness, we have an exclusive prize for the winner of the Thistle League, and that is a signed match ball from Scotland versus Italy in last year's Six Nations, signed by Stuart Hogg and the Italian captain whose name escapes me, and I couldn't really make out the signature, but... <laughs> I can't believe you didn't check. It's on there. <laughs> Who is, is it Geraldini? Or... It could be Geraldini. That's a... That's a... That's a pretty terrible guess for me, probably. It's a nice, it's a nice bonus for whoever wins it to look up and find out who the Italian captain was that day. But anyway, that is an additional prize as well as just the glory of winning the Thistle League, the biggest league uh, in Scotland on Fanzo. So that's the Fanzo app. Get yourself on the App Store or Google Play, download it, um, and join us over the next five weeks. Check out our social media channels. That's Thistle um, at Thistle Rugby Pod on Twitter. Um, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod um, on Instagram and check it out in the newsletter on Substack next week. We'll be putting all the details in there of how you can join in the coming weeks. Um, so very, very exciting. Great to be working with the fans of guys again. Um, we've already touched on it. Let's get into Finn, shall we, Matt? Um what does it say? Why don't we do this? What does it say about the state of Scottish rugby that probably the best player, one of the best players, one of two of the best players we've had in this generation, the relationship with the head coach now seems to be so bad that he's being left out of the internationals one year before the World Cup. Should we start with the official position that his form is so bad he hasn't been picked for the yes. international squad? Let's say that is a good point. That is what Gregor Townsend, in fact, in his interview with the Scottish Rugby, um, I guess their official channel on YouTube or what have you, he said that it was, you know, it's a challenge for Finn to go and find some form in the coming weeks. Um, Matt, why don't you give us your response to that official position? I mean, I just don't know what else Townsend could have said because if it is down to a total breakdown in their relationship, which seems to maybe be the case. And I, I could definitely believe he's not going to say that um, to, to anyone publicly. Um, I mean, I think they're if I'm playing devil's advocate. Like 
there's an argument that Finn maybe hasn't played that well for Scotland recently, but I think he's not been terrible. Um, and I think there's been a bit of a Lions hangover, which needs to be taken to, into account. And also, I don't think any of the other 10s have been outshining him. Albeit, I think Hastings has probably been the most consistent performer. Um, judging from the start of this year, it seems as if he's doing pretty well for Racing. Um, he's kicking his goals. So, yeah, I, I don't buy it. But as I say, I'm not quite sure what else Townsend is, is meant to say in that situation. Anything? <laughs> I, think I, I, I think there's lots of ways he could have done it other than form. I, I think we, we, the, the first thing he could have said, I think, just because I think the clear, when you lead with form, the clear sort of kind of rebuttal to that is, well, Ross Thompson's one of the three tens and he's only played like 20 minutes for Glasgow this season and about 60 minutes for air. So I think if, even if he said, look, I'm picking Hastings and Kinghorn as my two starting tens and I want to keep Thompson in the squad because he's, you know, a young and exciting prospect and I want him to learn. I don't think that's sort of a complete, <laughs> that in any way dilutes kind of people's reactions, but I think at least it starts to kind of move you slightly closer to a potential likely um, position. At the same time, though, I think Kinghorn has blown hot and cold during the, the summer tours, has blown hot and cold at the start of this season. And so I think even then it's very hard to sort of push that position given just how much credit the bank Finn has to say that he's not getting into that squad based on form alone. Sure, but then, Dave, what, what should... Townsend have said then that <laughs> basically covers off like we've we've basically uh, to my mind you know there's been this like back and forth and he's come back in the squad I I wouldn't be surprised if they basically never speak and haven't spoken basically since the last Scotland camp that Finn was in but I mean how, how do you the... allude to that in a press release I don't know like I, I think there's a bit of I don't, I don't want to say cowardice, it's not right, it's not the right word, but if, you've got to think back to the last time they were all together before the summer tour, which was the sort of the debacle after the Italy game, the night out that wasn't a night out, but we know Finn was in, why not? We know there was a group of them that was out and what have you. Finn was the only person that was sort of meaningfully dropped for the next game, which was Ireland, right? He then didn't go on the summer tour, that all made sense. You know... <laughs> Form doesn't stand up to anyone that watches rugby. And, you know, there's been question marks over Tooney's authority and the relationship with Finn dating right back to the time he walked out, like, two camps ago or whenever it was. So, you know, I don't know. If you're Tooney and you're making this decision based on the fact that maybe you think that Finn is actually a disruptive member of the camp and you don't think he's good enough or he's not worth bringing in because the downside risk of him and the, the attitude he brings doesn't merit the upside of his of the rugby he's playing. You should be a bit more open and say that sort of stuff, I think. You know, and then then at least you're yeah. coming out as a strong leader, as Tooney being like, look, this is my decision as head coach, and I think this is the best way for Scotland. At the moment, he's trying to ride two horses, and I think it just falls through falls um, falls under the like even the slightest bit of scrutiny. I think because there is a, there is a part of me that sort of respects Tooney. Because I think mm. the easy decision 
is to even if you think you know you and Russell have a terrible relationship, you don't agree on a lot, you think it's just slightly disruptive force, etc. Mm. The probably easy decision from, from like a public scrutiny standpoint is just to pick him because yeah. you know you you pick him and you know you just sort of get through it. But clearly, he feels you think and has a strong view on this that for the development of that team and squad that not having Finn Russell, not only in the starting 15, but not in the camp is the best way forward. Now, where I slightly lose it, and I think it's sort of to the point where you just said, I think if you are going to take that stand, then I think you at least have to maybe not give the full story, but you've got to at least kind of reference it in some way rather than kind of hiding behind this sort of vague you know, we need him to go back and sort of find some form of consistency and, you know, we might consider him sort of later in the autumn internationals. If you're going to sort of take that really hard line position, then you've kind of got to back it up with something a little bit more. It's when Kinghorn gets injured against Australia and he calls up Tom Jordan from Glasgow. That's when we, (laughs) that's when we know. Dunkey Ware gets the final (laughs) call up to star against New Zealand. Straight from a first player to be capped directly from the Wolves. Um, yeah, but yeah. I think if I look at maybe not like the best comparison, but someone like Eddie Jones, for instance, with um, I remember when Ollie Lawrence, everyone was like clamoring for him to get in the England squad. He came in, got a couple of caps, and then he hasn't been seen since. But was still, you know, playing reasonably well for Worcester. And the press asked him, "Why is he not in the squad?" And he was like, "Look, I think he needs to figure out." like what's required at this level, how much hard work is required. Um, I sort of alluded to it being an attitude thing. And once again, I'm not saying that Eddie Jones is like the the paragon that everyone should look up to, but maybe Townsend could have sort of pursued that argument a bit more. But I guess again, here's, like, a, here's a reframe, not a reframing, but let's go, let's get into Gregor Townsend's head here. You know, a charitable interpretation of this is this is a, you know, genius strategic move to give Finn the kick up his arse that he needs to, you know, you know, right his wrongs or whatever it is, or else he might miss the Rugby World Cup. You know, does Gregor Townsend really think that Blair Kinghorn is going to be starting in that 10 jersey against, is it Ireland our first game at the World Cup? South Africa. South Africa, well, whatever. You know, is that... Is that it now? You know, we're talking, we're a year out. Everybody else, every other squad is talking about, you know, consistency. And actually the rest of this squad that is quite consistent in some of the picks and not huge amounts of change. But we've taken, Gregor Townsend has made the decision to take out one of our verified world-class players, you know, and there's how many games before the World Cup now? Four, nine a few trials. So we're looking at what, 12 games before the world cup now. And Finn's going to miss at least four of those. Like that's where I, that's where I really struggle with this whole thing. (laughs) I I mean, I think ultimately the answer is yes. You've got to, you've got to suggest that based on this, given how how little game time there is left that. Yeah. He's viewing potentially Hastings and and Kinghorn as the starting tens. Now, I guess the, 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 I guess potentially the argument could be that, you know, this is the last chance that he has to to really experiment. Not that you should be experimenting less than a year, right? But I guess, you know, 
if he really wanted to give Kinghorn just as much kind of game time as possible, if he thinks that ceiling is is, is high yeah. enough, then you've got to do it now. And obviously Argentina, he sort of had one one bad game, one middling game, one good game. Yeah. <laughs> sort of the real sort of spectrum. And so I guess ultimately it's a little bit potentially for Kinghorn, which is maybe it's a sink or swim moment. And it's like ultimately if he swims, then bloody great. If he sinks, let's just reset in the new year. Finn, come in. You know, I just steer this ship or Hastings, I guess you can come in. But, but do, you, do you think, I mean, I could see a situation where if that happens and Kinghorn has a disastrous autumn and it's, it's clear to everyone involved that he is not the man to, to play 10 at the World Cup. Townsend then has to go to Russell and Russell tells him where to go. Because I, I also think that if you're talking about sort of that man management style and, and as you were saying, Dave, whether this is like potentially a rocket up Finn's arse, I think that'll work for some people. But from the outside, I think that, that is like almost the worst way of managing him i was gonna say uh, there's nothing in the behavior of finn that i've ever seen that would suggest that that would be the right way to manage him we were saying the, the, the a bit even a bit of the language from townsend just sounded very like i'm the adult and you're the child so it was sort of yeah we i have some sympathy for the fact that finn might be an asshole yeah <laughs> I've, I've, I, I, and we've talked about this on the pod before like i've got total sympathy for the fact that you know he might be quite disruptive. He's clearly like a bit of a God maverick, such a shite term, but he is a bit of like of a maverick in terms of the way he approaches the game. And I imagine that even let's say even he, he had three beers that one time and it was maybe only one more. He thinks he can get away with that. And that is frustrating. I'm, I'm, I'm open to that from Townsend, but I think we're now three years into this fucking Toonie and Finn saga. And <laughs> They just haven't found a way to work it out. I think that's that's really bad. I guess an interesting aspect of it is is sort of the other players, um, because yeah. we've, we sort of said it very clearly from the outside. It looks like at least with a lot of the older players and with the backs, you know, Finn is, is like a super popular member of the squad. Mm. Yeah, I guess it'd be interesting with someone like Richie, who is a little bit younger, probably kind of from the outside in looks like he's sort of matured quite young of pretty like model professional i guess it'd be interesting kind like of three ki- he had like three kids when he was like 24 yeah exactly <laughs> i guess again it's just interesting kind of those dynamics in in the squad in terms of potentially do you have you know there's clearly a group of players who are still very sort of close to to finn but ultimately at the same time you've probably got this young captain who feels like you know he needs to sort of set a standard in terms of how that team needs to, to sort of operate moving forward, right? And I feel like it sounds like Richie probably aligns quite well with what Townsend's wanting to try and kind of instill into that team. Mm. It, it is quite interesting as well that out of all those players who did have that night out pre-Ireland, Finn is the only one that has been punished at all. Yep. Which, you know, speaks to like... But Finn, Finn was the only one who didn't come home. Come back to camp, right? Well, true. So true. that was the reason he was dropped for the match, and the rest weren't, right? True. He, he, but he I think once again, that's you know, he made that decision, right? And maybe right. once you once you've got right. that pit, that picture of vodka Red Bull in, why not? It's difficult to leave. <laughs> it's a good point. Once you've got you got that could, taste, 
yeah, but then it's quite it's quite a decision at that point to be like, right, I can either go to a quite nice hotel at the Orium or I can go all the way back to Bridge of Allen. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, t- it's a tough Uber. Yeah, yeah exactly. Big big black big black cab ride home. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, um, it's. I mean, it, as you say, we sort of go back to, I think, sort of twenty fifteen when they won the the Pro Twelve, and it was sort of Tooney and and Finn together. And I think you sort of look even then to sort of twenty seventeen when Tooney started to kind of get quite a few sort of wins, and Finn was very much sort of the 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 architect of that. It's it's just so frustrating to kind of think about what could have been achieved if they had had a slightly a, a slightly better relationship right you've you've got sort of two players who are probably the two most sort of creative players in in the in the professional era for for Scotland one as coach and one as player and it's just completely fallen apart right and this is this is the real i mean i don't want to write the obituaries too soon for Tunis era as like a Scotland coach but like this world cup we're coming into should have been like the culmination of all of this you know you've got your Hoggy and your Finn and a clutch of others that are going to have had the sort of like the 50 caps plus of experience coming in to a world cup. And now it just looks a little bit, it looks a little bit shaky. We've got this horrible group and we're probably going to get to the other side with a two group exits to his name. And a little bit of a feeling that we've wasted. It's not a golden generation, but we don't have like, it's the best we've ever had. (laughs) Well, like eight, eight, a time when we've had eight lions, the cycle before a World Cup, yeah. right? And I think we we talked about it sort of after the the Six Nations. Like, mm. I think we we all thought that Tooney and Finn would be able to just kind of get through this at least until the World Cup, because that their fates in terms of what Finn's remembered as kind of like or what he achieves as a rugby player and kind of what Tooney achieves as a Scotland coach, it just felt like they were so aligned. And kind of whilst they hated each other, what they want to achieve is ultimately the same thing, that there's just got to be a way that they can get through it <laughs> together. But, you know, clearly that's whatever's happened at the last Six Nations. And it kind of sounds like they haven't really been speaking very much since then. They've, they've not been able to, to bring it back together. Yeah. So, in conclusion, <laughs> I think we're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> I mean, it is like... In what other country, in, in what other scenarios this happened before? I really, I struggle that like one of your two best players has been completely cast out of a international squad in the at tier one level. I saw someone reference Cipriani, but I just don't think that scrapes across particularly well. Nah, it's not the same. No, and England, like you- England, England had like Farrell and Ford and all these. Yeah, other exactly. <clears throat> And then you have sort of examples of people, obviously, like O'Connor and, and Quaid. But then it was yeah. more for sort of like slightly like, you know, it was... Like breaking uh, and entering all the time with them, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just sort of more like they were going through tough times. <laughs> and they needed yeah. to sort of get their shit sorted, right? Where I actually don't think from where Finn's at now, he it kind of sounds like he's, he's in a really good place, right? Um with himself and kind of with his sort of like life in, in Paris. So mm. it's, um, but what, um, what flight do you think Mark Palmer's on to Paris to get the, the piece together for the Sunday times this weekend? 
<laughs> Truly, he's out there tomorrow morning. Yeah, I don't know that the five a.m. You're in Paris. Seven a.m. Uber straight straight out to the suburbs to get. <laughs> Just like Finn's legs are going to be so wide, just him on some sofa, just staring <laughs> down the barrel. What what um what designer is he repping? He's wearing only Yeezys. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And the new sort of Balenciaga, a new Balenciaga, oh, yeah, Balenciaga. jacket. He's got like a Balenciaga like workman's outfit, one of those like yeah. high <laughs> yellow things. Like I'm, a six I'm, outfit. I can't wait. It's going to be I'm so ready for it. I'm so ready for it. <laughs> Should we do you want to, should we talk a bit about the tens that were picked? Maybe. Just... Yeah. I mean, I think we probably do need to talk a little bit about King Hornet Ten because that is we're now in the King Hornet Ten era, certainly for this um autumn um this autumn section. I mean, Alan, you touched on it, you guys have been quite patchy both for Scotland and you know, Edinburgh have been a bit have been really up and down the start of this URC season. Um Matt, I'll come to you. Um, how do you, I guess, how do you feel about him coming in at 10 for, for the Australia game? I guess, firstly, just say yeah, I mean, he, he like was always going to be 10, right? Quite often, but... Yes, that's true. True, true. But I still think it's well, I, I, I do get it in that respect, but I, I think we've had this discussion before like loads of times whether we think Kinghorn is an international 10, and I just don't think the evidence is, is there yet. and I don't know. It's it just seems like a massive leap of faith that he will be able to. And it's not just that he will be able to do the goods in this autumn international series. It's, it's now like, unless there's a big about turn from from King um, from Townsend, that you're you're trusting him to take us into that World Cup and like win us games. And I even think for Edinburgh, he, he's done very well. I think he's done very well overall. To be fair to him, but like those big games, not necessarily all his fault, but he hasn't shown that he can lead Edinburgh to those, to victories in those sort of games. So I just don't see, well, I think, I think Townsend's sort of been like backed into a corner slightly by his own decisions, but I don't know. I just can't see a situation where Kinghorn is the man that's leading us to, to, to big victories, to be perfectly honest. No, I agree. And I think, that actually the the start of this season sort of reflects that you know Kinghorn came off the bench against the Dragons and was like ta- literally tearing it up, and then against Benetton, you know at the weekend was 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 pretty you know class to be to be fair. Um, whereas then when we were sort of playing against the Lions at home on I think you know I think he, yeah he played in the Stormers match away in those matches where they're not getting easy front football and they're not getting quick ball, he starts to struggle a little bit more and he he's, finds it harder to sort of kind of stamp his authority on the match. And I think that's... And he, he, better, he better get used to that playing for Scotland. Well, yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> and, and I think that's that's the issue, right? Is I think, you know, the, the matches that you really want to see Kinghorn stand out were in a tight match against the Lions and away to the Stormers, two really tough matches where you're not going to be getting loads of front football and your forwards at certain points are going to be on the back foot. It's not in the matches where you're 30 points up against Benetton and him and Lang and and, ben, and Bennett are all throwing the ball around and, and having a great time on a on a sad evening and at, at Mini Murrayfield. So that that's, that's just the issue, right? Is 
I just I struggle to see him really showing that potential in in the matches that I think really matter. And he's obviously backed up. I guess um, the other option is if the Kinghorn experiment does fail, is Adam Hastings, who's got I guess twenty plus Scotland caps now, playing some decent rugby for Gloucester. Would you feel yeah, better I, just? Would you feel it. if you were going to put all your chips in now? Feels like Tooney's putting all his um, his chips on Kinghorn for the World Cup run. Would you feel more comfortable throwing everything behind Hastings? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's. <laughs> I don't think he's ever let Scotland down. I think that Six Nations he came in when Finn went AWOL. He yep. did really well, and you know, I think it was like, well, I think he timed his move to Gloucester <laughs> extremely well, but it was still a bit of a a risk because Gloucester weren't. They were sort of like eighth, ninth in that English table. And now they're like, you know, pushing for playoffs. And he's been a big part of that. Mm. So it just seems a bit mad that in the last year or so, Kinghorn has um, sort of overtaken him in the pecking order. Um, But I I would be very happy to have Hastings there. I think if Finn is completely out, I'd much rather have that. Do you agree? Or are are you in the Ross Thompson trend? <laughs> or the Charlie yeah, Savala train. I mean, I'm in the Tom. I'm in the Tom Jordan train. If, true, if yeah. anyone's getting picked on form, he's he's had a couple of good matches. Him and Savala, to be fair, probably, yeah. <laughs> probably had the most the most form. Um, that would have been that would have been the ballsy call from Tudy, being like, I'm exclusively picking on form, and it's Tom Jordan, Charlie Savala, and then Finn Smith, and just, <laughs> just getting shipped in. Um, no, I'm. I mean, I'm. As I think Matt said, I think the one thing you can definitely say about Adam Hastings is he's never shirked away when he's had the Scotland top on. And actually, I think if anything, he's definitely seems to be the sort of player where his level performance kind of grows as he sort of steps steps up. So whether it's kind of going from sort of back in the day for Glasgow, sort of pro pro fourteen up to sort of European competitions, and then up to international rugby. I have to admit, I don't see as much, apart from sort of the highlights, I don't see as much for him, for Gloucester, but for all intents and purposes, it sounds like he's at a minimum been pretty solid and ultimately is starting at 10 in what is, you know, last year a top five team and, and looking increasingly like this year, a top 14. Yeah. So, I mean, going, going, through, the, going through the rest of the rest of the squad, I talked about it up top, I mean, there was lots of rumours landing in our DMs, lots of names for bolters and and and, and what have you. Um, you know, your Tom Roebucks, uh, your Ben Healy's, uh, your Tom Cooney's, et cetera, et cetera, sort of coming in. Daryl Marfo so, recall. Daryl Marfo. I mean, he's just, why would you give up the amount of cash he's making in recruitment in Dubai to come back, <laughs> come back to this shit show? Oh, such, such, such a roast of the poor guy. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, no, that's uh, nothing hugely surprising. I think the other big and what we thought was going to be the big narrative discussion point, Jack Dempsey, obviously, I think he's got two caps for Australia, um, is now in the Scotland squad. 13, um, I think. It's definitely double digit. Oh, is it? Oh, Christ. I didn't, I, I, that was totally my bad research, which obviously shouldn't be a surprise for anyone um, that he's not. They had a few less than that. Um, how do we feel about? Obviously, this is a, a quirk of the World Rugby's new 
law which was clearly designed with the pacific islands in mind but has is having tier one implications jack dempsey i suppose alan on the one hand he's been pretty class for glasgow on the other it does feel a bit strange it feels a bit strange but ultimately <laughs> it's, it's within the rules and i think actually you know it's part, he does of, the game. Have, it's part of the game he has he does have scottish heritage yep. and i think based on his performances for Glasgow, I I think him being part of the squad is completely fair. I think he's been a pretty standout performer both this year, but then also for the whole of last year. And I think he seems he comes across in interviews as you know pretty straight and and pretty good good guy to have within, mm. within the team. I think the sort of main sort of um, discord online was clearly the view is you know if he's in the team, who's getting who's missing out, and I think. There's a lot of people that were suggesting, you know, how is he getting picked ahead of Bradbury, given the fact that Bradbury has had, to be fair, a relatively strong start to um, his his time at Bristol. The one caveat to that is Bradbury missed the last game with an injury. So it potentially looks like Bradbury's not in the squad because he he's picked up an injury. Mm. So that just shows ultimately with the lack of depth we have, especially in that eight position, you know, Fagus and Steph. What, what, what do you say about Nick Haining? Well, I was about what, to what say. About Nick Haining? <laughs> I have actually only just noticed as he in, he's in the squad. I mean, I didn't pick unless, that up. I was like, unless, I thought it was purely. Bradbury, yeah. yeah. Unless Bradbury is injured for the whole series, can we. Do we have to? Haining is starring, or at least coming off the bench against New Zealand. Of course he is. He's, he's going to do one of his 20 minutes. Yeah, variable 20 minutes. Either quite good or completely <laughs> anonymous. He got man of the match the weekend. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, it sounded like you or I could have got man of the match in that game. I can guarantee you <laughs> I would not have got man of the match in that game. <laughs> right, you would have making some strong carries off the base. A few nice offloads. No rucks. It's, look, the, the guy gets around the park. So, it, I agree, though. It's... It would, it would be a if it turns out that Bradbury isn't injured, it'd be a, a big surprise to see him behind both Dempsey and Haney in the pecking order. Yeah, I, th I think. Yeah, I think Matt Ferguson is is a start is starting. I th I, yeah. I don't think they're changing, especially now that Darge is injured. I yeah. just don't I don't see them changing that Watson Ritchie Ferguson back three. 100%. Yeah. The only thing I would say about Bradbury is he has been in probably like quite a few Scotland camps now. And there does seem to be like some doubts about his kind of consistency. So maybe Townsend just kind of thinks, look, I know, like, I appreciate you're doing well at Bristol, but I kind of know most of what I need to know about you. We probably need to see Dempsey in the international camp. And he's obviously has deserved it on form as well so i can i can kind of understand it but but then at the same time having haining in i just i don't quite understand that 100 i suppose other names are slightly good to see cam redpath back i think he's only played like a handful of games for bath a losing bath side this season but um can we see him featuring you want to see it particularly I think... with um sam johnson injured yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I guess potential options at 12, Redpath, McDowell, I guess you could play Tupelo at 12, although 
kind of seems like he's he, he's performing better at uh, outside yeah. center. You think potentially uh, Redpath is the um, is the likely starter. Mm. And the only thing is the general sense I get again. I, I only really see the highlights of Bath and, and read a bit of sort of the online commentary, but it feels like his form so far this season has been more solid rather than sort of spectacular. Um, especially given the fact you've got sort of Ollie Lawrence sort of jumping across and sort of tearing up for, for Bath. So being, but ultimately again, it feels a little bit like he might be similar to your sort of Adam Hastings again, where he's probably someone who seems to just be quite easily able to sort of step up to that international mm. level, obviously basing that on literally one game, but it was. Yeah. Um, the, uh, another big talking point from the announcement today, Stuart Hogg, no longer Scotland captain, Jamie Ritchie has been given the armband. Kind of felt like it was moving that way off the summer tour though, didn't Alan? Yeah. I don't think there's anyone that realistically thought Hogg was going to retain the armband after what happened at the back end of the season, how he, some of the comments he said at the press conference after the, the Island oh, match. I, for, I forgot about that. Yeah. Was it, well, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to miss this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, although to be fair, Hogg's been doing some good personal branding the last couple of weeks. Nice little BT sport feature. He, you know, he, I think he comes across well when he's sort of not so much sort of like post post match when he's in a slightly more sort of informal setting. Yeah. Um, but I think ultimately, if if Richie been fit, they would have done this in in the summer. It was just sort of ultimately, and it ultimately Grant Gilchrist safe pair of hands to sort of give yeah. it to over the over the summer, and then clearly felt like increasingly through the sort of last six nations that Richie was sort of the clear person for the job and kind of as we sort of discussed earlier you know even though he's a young guy comes across sort of very mature I think he's got that type of playing style which really appeals to the fans in terms of like you know he's mm. get it he's 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 putting his body on the line he's putting his head in places that most people don't want to go and I think just ultimately kind of we've talked about a little bit I, I do just think it's tough being a captain at fullback you're just not in the real mix in the game a lot of the time. Yeah. Matt, could it be a potential upside for Hoggy? I think one of the criticisms we've certainly had of him is that he's, he tries too hard, almost, um, to sort of put his stamp on the game. Does taking the captaincy away from him just sort of allow him to focus on playing rugby? Yeah, hopefully. I think we sort of had doubts about his appointment ever since it was revealed that he had basically not begged Townsend for it, but had actively <laughs> yeah. gone in and asked for the captaincy. I mean, I get it. He wants to lead and he's clearly like loves playing for Scotland and is really passionate about it. And he wants to win with, with Scotland. And he, he felt like that was the best way of doing it. But um, I don't know if we've seen the best out of him as he's been captain. Um, and you sort of look back to, I mean, it's, difficult to compare to when he was you know winning like six nations player of the tournament he was younger yeah. and in time etc um but it does feel as if there's been a bit of a burden at times on his overall form um but i was just like reflecting on his captaincy and just sort of th- like wondering today how his sort of stats compared to to sort of contemporaries on the townsend era and 
it's actually pretty good to be fair. So I think his, his win rate is like 50%, which is pretty good for a Scotland captain. And in the kind of Townsend era, the only one that was really higher over a, more than a few games was was Barkley. And even then was 10 games less than, than Hogg. Um, so I actually think he's maybe done a better job than it it seems at, at times. But I think it's the right decision. I think that just, as, as Alan said, like having a captain at fullback, you don't see it very often. I think it needs to be in the forwards. And it seems as if Richie's probably been like, groomed for leadership from a pretty young age mm. to, to be honest so i think it it makes sense oh yeah well he take up the armband for the first time against australia next weekend uh obviously sitting outside of the um traditional international window so it will only be only players based in scotland will be available um should we have a go at a sort of a, a 15 for what we expect to see in that that australia game let's do it Let's start with our. How, how, else, how else do you think I spent most of my work day today? Can we can we start team, from the back though? I've got a team for the first game and I've got a team for the second game. Oh shit! Yeah, that's good. I'm sure your yeah. employers are delighted. Yeah. <laughs> Five o'clock. You're waiting out the clock. It's like right. I'll look, I'll look busy by writing down a team in a notepad. Should Should we start with the the backs? So more and more. Is that because you don't want to be bounced into naming? Um... Can be can be starting with loose heads <laughs> and tight heads and start a loose head prop. Completely ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it is start well starting at the very very back is a really interesting discussion because without yeah. Hog, who starts at fifteen? I assume that all three of us are starting Duhan and Darcy on the two wings. Yeah, yeah. So I guess options available for the back three are Hoyland. Kinghorn. Great to see Demo, just like a humble yeah. coffee coffee yeah. guy, just like getting a <laughs> shot in the national team. He, he is very solid. Um, I know. And he runs basically a chat show for the Edinburgh social media team. Is that still so going that, out? I feel like that's kind of died a death. They've had a it's lot of form, about, um, they've had a lot of formats that sort of do a couple of episodes and then don't don't make yeah. it. Yeah. Now, um, like my drive with uh, Tim Visser. <laughs> Sponsored by Peter Vardy. Peter Vardy, yeah. Peter Vardy, we're like, lads, we've got to get more value out of the sponsorship deal. What do we do? <laughs> Coffee with Tim Visser. To be fair, I've watched both of them and enjoy both of them. So Have you watched them? Okay, I haven't watched them. Yet. Is yeah. there any... These former, there's so many former players on the payroll. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that, I could do a whole different... I could do a whole different tight five minutes on that. Anyway, let's focus on fullback against Australia. But then... Kyle Stain, obviously an interesting one. Kind of, do you think he's more in as a winger? I think so. He's has he he's not played fullback for Scotland before, has he? No. I mean, I think to your point. Rarely for Glasgow, I would say. Not not saying that they're both winger, but it feels like for that first match, Duhan and Darcy will start, and then it's who is the third, and then what does that mean for the kind of structure? Of that, I mean, Duhan's going to be on the wing. Duhan can't be fullback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously, obviously. Um, but then I, I think, think I think putting in Ollie Smith is like a, a pretty risky. He's not played a lot, if any, rugby for Glasgow this year yet. Did he play against the Sharks? I don't think he did. I'm just sort of checking now. He he obviously he definitely has played for Ayrshire, 
So he's played Super Six. Well, he's played for the Bulls. He's sorry, he, he's, he started against the Sharks. Okay. Okay. But that's still, you know, just 18 minutes of rugby. He's only played a bit of international rugby against Argentina. Here you go against Australia. It feels a bit risky. Look good against the Aussies, though. Yeah, he's all right. I, I'm, I'm, I would lean towards a Duhan Darcy, Ollie Smith, um, back three. If we thought it was a bit too early for Ollie, then maybe Darcy Graham at fullback with Kyle Stain on the wing. It still feels quite rogue, though, doesn't it? So I think we've 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 all agreed in agreement that we're not really convinced by Darcy Graham at fullback. And I don't think it sort of allows him to do what he does best, right? No. So. It feels like you want Darcy and, and Duhan starting in the wings, and I, but then it just feels like Ollie Smith's the only real kind of like legitimate option available. I, I, I just well, don't see. Thompson's played a little bit of fullback. Well, no, come on. It would be great after all this if Kinghorn starts at fifteen. <laughs> That'd be really funny. It's got, it's got it. It'd be so we'd have, good. We have to give up. I mean, what would be the point after that? The problem is that this is like the total like. Um, sort of brain warp that Scottish rugby's in is that like six months ago you'd be like yeah right so Hog can't play Kinghorn will start at 15 yeah like, exactly it, it would have yeah. been like it would have been like the most like simple thing and then like oh you got Hastings at 10 perfect sorted <laughs> anyway what about um, what about the centres well it's interesting that Lang and the Prince himself I haven't been picked. I, I thought Christine might have had a sniff. Mate, so yeah. I. His form. The man deserves a cap. He, he, there's got to be a there's got to be a summer tour at some point with a with a cap for him. Um, How old is he now? He must twenty nine. Problem is that this summer tour, the next summer tour, is going to be the pre World Cup summer tour. Exactly. So you, you I guess, you've kind of got Stafford and and then maybe two. Two Pelotu, so probably two Pelotu to start with probably Bennett at 13. Yeah, that's what I had. Or Stain. I thought they might pick Lang just to, again, to keep mm. a little bit of that consistency with, with Kinghorn. You know, remember, I guess one of the issues of bringing two Pelotu in at 12 is you've got Kinghorn, Kinghorn starting at 10 against Australia. And obviously, when he played against Ireland, he had with Sam Johnson, and there just was a, a slight disconnect between them in a few moments during the match. So I thought may, you might want to bring in Lang, and then at least for Kinghorn, you've got a sort of Kinghorn, Lang, maybe Bennett starting 10, 12, 13 in your first match, and then you can start to integrate like your Harris or your Red Path in. But it feels like if you're going to have a two of Pelotu or Staff and McDowell, you've then got a slightly kind of new combinations at 10, 12, 12, and 13, which, you know, these things don't always sort of hit the ground running straight away, right? Mm. But ultimately, because <laughs> we can only pick Scotland players, we've not really got that many people available. <laughs> so, yeah, probably two Pelosi and Bennett to start with, then what, Kinghorn and Price, 9, 10, right? I do not like that centre pairing at all. You don't like it? Two Pelotu's been looking good. He's probably been yeah. Glasgow's, maybe a bit Glasgow's best player this season so far. I'm, I'm not convinced by two Pelotu at all. You don't think he's been playing well this season? I just don't think he's an international. I, I think he's been doing. I think he's been doing reasonably well for 
for Glasgow, I just think he is, and I, I get that we've got injuries and we've got players that are unavailable, but I, I just don't think he's the answer for Scotland. I, I almost think I'd rather have. It's a hypothetical, but like someone like Stafford Madal having played, you know, the last six nine months of rugby, that kind of player in there personally. But we don't. Well, there you go. And then yeah, nine and ten do pick themselves. Um, right? Should we gingerly approach the front row? Um, I guess it's between Showman and Sutherland. And it feels yeah, like Shul- Shulman's pip- yeah. just pipping it. Probably yeah, taking that. that. And then you've got George Turner, Ewan Ashman, and Dave Cherry there as your hookers. Probably Turner. It's interesting because Turner's not... Yeah, I think he's only had one start for Glasgow this season. Yeah. And I was actually so you, quite surprised to see Fraser Brown not included in the squad. So you could end up with Chez starting. You Maybe. think Turner will start? I, I think but, I would rather have Turner, but of course, of course, you'd rather have Turner. <laughs> That's not the point, is it? <laughs> we all agree on that. Yeah. Um, I mean, but then to be fair, you could have Ashman challenging for the start. Hugo spot obviously he can't play against um, Australia, but you know he was start. He was starting yeah. against. Um, Against London Irish at the weekend, obviously it's him and Van der Merwe sort of playing. I guess generally mm. seems like he's been playing pretty well for sale. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind it. Try score against Australia last autumn. Mm. And then Xander Ferguson. Xander nailed on. Yeah. Off. So who who are the other the other tight heads are Nell and Walker. Is Walker tight head? Walker can play both, according to his can Wikipedia. He? Quite just Wikipedia, so it could or could not be true. I think that thing about his uncle being Sean Lenin is like uh, someone's edited Wikipedia page <laughs> or something. I don't. I think we would have. It would have been like a headline on the offside line if they were related. Do you think? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'll find out. My uncle went on Sean Lenin's stag do, so I'll find out if he's uh, related to a Walker. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, in Avimur, meant to be quite good fun. Um. Stag and Aviemore, Avi Moore. Never heard it called that before in my in my life. Oh, really? I'm glad you, I'm glad you called that. <laughs> it's Avi Moore. It's Avi Moore, obviously. <laughs> anyway, second rows. Cummings and Gray. Or Gray. Johnny oh no! Gray, wait, sorry. Gray. Of course, yeah. And I, I was a bit surprised by Richie Gray. There was a lot of like yeah. commentary about you know how he's been playing really well, and I, I, I think he played one game well which was the, the home match against the Bulls. But outside of that, I feel like he's sort of just generally like a little bit disappointed maybe with Richie Gray since he's sort of come back to, to Glasgow. Quite enjoying his arc that he's going back to France to get another payday, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, going back, he's going back to the well. He's like, this is, this milking, is fine. Milking that. Milking his, like, old oh, reputation. That is so good. I mean, but yeah, I, I was thinking... Cummings and... Yeah, Cummings Skinner? Or, or Skinner. In yeah. there somewhere, but I suppose Skinner. Oh yeah, Skinner's more... in Scotland now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Skinner gives you more versatility off the bench, but then I, Cummings was playing six at the weekend. Um, yeah. Oddly enough, I, I, I wouldn't like, mind. That was surely Cummings... just to try and get as many kgs yeah, on the park yeah, for Glasgow yeah, as they sure. could, right? I think. I think Cummings and Skinner, I would quite like to see. Yeah. 
agree. But but Gilchrist, has, Gilchrist has been good for Edinburgh and Scotland recently, so I, you know, we're not against it. Yeah, I, and Tooney clearly does like Gilchrist, and you know, I'm sure yeah. there's. It does feel like there's a lot of stuff, especially behind the scenes, where Gilchrist is a good, and and with the lineup where Gilchrist is a good person to have in. Feels like he Skinner. Could be, he could be, the, yeah, he could be your vice captain, Gilchrist as well. Exactly. Feels like Skinner is the definite starter. Do you think? I, I think at the moment, and then Gilchrist or Cummings sort of partner. I think Cummings is Cummings has been good this year, and he's, no, a, I think I he's a Townsend favorite. Well, he fell a little bit out of favor. He, he was a sort of favorite, especially that year, sort of post World Cup. But last year, he sort of fell out of favor a little bit. Um, he got sort of dropped. I think during the during the Six Nations. So, but yeah. Mm. Well, uh, ultimately, I think the three of them, what, two of those three, it's pretty strong mm. combo to have for that yeah, first match. Yeah. And then we kind of know the back row. Watson, yeah. Richie, and uh, Ferguson. Chucking, chucking Dempsey on the bench to, to have his first cap against Australia, do you think? Well, we, we did pick up some of the, some chatter that the SOU were trying to sort of manage it, that he wasn't going to... Uh... He wasn't going to be available for this or play the Australia game just to sort of like, I guess, just manage that situation that he's changed from one nation to another. That's what everyone uh, wants to see, though, isn't it? Ah, exactly. I want. I want to see that. Yeah, I, 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 I guess as Alan said, I mean, like, my view is exactly the same. These are the rules. We're not doing anything wrong. It's a bit funny, but. I mean, I really hate, I hate the rules in that it will allow Tonga to select a selection of absolute freaks. Oh. But as long as it allows us to select good players like Dempsey and Duhan, you know, I can yeah, turn over them. Do you think when Scotland ship four seats Tonga in Nice, <laughs> do you think <laughs> the podcast that will be our most ever? Like, do you think we just end there? It's like our most no ship yeah. forty to Tonga, get knocked out. And then have a final match doesn't mean anything against Ireland and Paris and ship like 55, 60. It's like the lens <laughs> to Glasgow game. <laughs> we can do a fair do a farewell pod at the old alliance in Glasgow. <laughs> it's been a good <laughs> run, guys, but we're done. <laughs> yeah. It's been it's been a great yeah. eight years. Thank you very much for everything. We've tried, we've failed. <laughs> we're moving on. Well, that would be our that would be our legacy. Two World Cups, two um, <laughs> two group stage exits. Yeah, uh, no. Um, well, and then obviously it's it's then Fiji, then New Zealand, then Argentina. That's the that's the run, isn't it? Yes, correct. New Zealand how, already how sold many, out. How many wins are we getting out of those four? I think you aim, you, minimum two, get three. Very happy. Very very happy. Oh, if you get three, you're extremely happy. I think there's a chance you get one. Oh yeah, yeah. And then the narrative is just it's next level. <laughs> if if you lose to Australia though, there's a lot of pressure on that Fiji game. <laughs> oh, huge! <laughs> like, and you if can you, see us oh, easily yeah. lose lose to Australia, and then be it be tight at halftime against Fiji. And <laughs> yeah, and you, you couldn't you couldn't blood in the youngsters against Fiji if that was the case. No, exactly. Especially if it we increases the pressure. Yeah. And because of because it's out of the um, the cycle, we know we're not got a particular. We're not going to have a massively strong team for that Australia match. So, mm. 
And I think ultimately, I think Australia might take the Scotland game quite seriously. It feels like it's not been a particularly happy hunting ground for them. And with Rennie back as well, he might want to lay one down on them, the SRU. Oh, love it. I think Australia are definitely better than they have been. But yeah, I still think we might be close favourites at home. I think we have a bit of a, a mental edge when it comes to Australia. I don't think any of those Scotland players have any fear when it comes to that Australia team. Yeah. New, Zeal- New Zealand, no. South Africa, Ireland, all very different. It's going to be a fascinating autumn, as ever. Yeah. Tuning that- out. Tuning out by the end. If, if lose, lose all four, it's tuning out. He's got to go. He's got oh, to yeah. go. If oh, we yeah. lose all four, he's got to go. Who is who's, 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 who's coming in? Franco Smith. <laughs> can't, Danny can't Wilson. Get, can't Danny get, Wilson. Smith can't get a visa, so. <laughs> he cannot attend the World Cup. He's, yeah, he does, sorry, he's, never, had a, he's right. never had a work permit for the UK. So. Thought, thoughts on this? All four games lost, tuning out. Steve Diamond short-term contract till the end of the oh, World Cup. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> I quite like it. I'd like to see what would happen. I actually, I actually do like that. <laughs> I, so, I would love it. <laughs> I'd love like the new line of like extremely tight fit t-shirts that the Scottish rugby shop would have to do. Macron <laughs> would just have to come up with like a new type of gear. Yeah. It's uh Tune out. Dodson out at the same time. Well, Dodson's yeah. got his new two-year contract, doesn't he? Dodson might have to fall on his sword if Tooney's out as well. They're, those guys are joined at the hip. Yeah. Maybe. Look, there's, only, there's only 1%, I would say, of me that wants to see that eventual the four loss happen. No, no, no. But, the, but sure. there, is part, there is part of me that is intrigued to just enjoy the chaos on that. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it'll happen though. I think to your point, I think. So you think uh, we'll beat Australia? You think we'll beat what? Argentina and Fiji? I think we'll definitely beat Fiji, and I think we'll have two very close games against Australia and Argentina, and we'll win one of them, and we'll probably just lose one of the others. But but could actually win all three. And what do you reckon? Thirty to New Zealand. It's it's a little bit dependent with New Zealand though, because you know ultimately they. You know, they do mix and match the team, and at the, they've got England the week after, so yeah. potentially won't go full noise. You know, I think ultimately playing at Twickenham that is their big match while they're over here. So I, I think we'll lose, but I think it's going to be more sort of like your fifth, your fifteen to to twenty rather than the sort of full sort of, you know, the, the old sort of thirty forties of uh, days gone by. But it's like it's the. It's the weakest New Zealand team, the weakest position New Zealand have been in, in, I don't know, since our lifetimes. Yeah. And, probably, yeah. And we are probably the only team playing them who is not like fully rearing and ready to go to beat them. We are now all over the shop. Yeah. Tough time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's such a roast. I even feel like before this squad announcement, like there was like a five percent, like of the of the Scottish rugby supporting population who were like, "This is a really good chance to beat New Zealand." 
and that has completely disappeared. They shouldn't have put it on at 2 p.m. either. On this a is, Sunday. That was, the, that was their mistake. At 2 p.m. Yeah. on Sunday. We're never going to beat New Zealand. I know. Gra- graveyard slot. We, we, we need that um, 5.30 kick. <laughs> get some breakfast. But yeah, tough times. And then I think we actually went... So um, That might have been like a Tommy Seymour intercept. Yeah, to like 2017? No, no. Yeah. No. But we had, we definitely no no that was um, no twenty fourteen or something maybe was it that close it would have been I think twenty twelve sorry I was thinking of the year sorry or twenty twelve maybe it was twenty twelve sorry um and we went seven nil up and then got fairly pumped yeah fifty fifty one twenty two yeah <laughs> um do we want to finish off Making yes, a reference right. to Scotland, to women, Scotland women. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me just segue that. Well, we will obviously be with you every week throughout this autumn series, um, tracking all the comings and goings of uh, this uh, this series and seeing if Scotland can rise from the ashes. Blair Kinghorn at 10, leading us to four wins from four. Um, quick. Mentioned obviously that the women are down in New Zealand at the moment playing in the in the World Cup. Two very close losses, Alan, then going up against New Zealand. It looks like their their race is run, but some certain positives they can take from the from the competition so far. I mean, painful positives. Painful <laughs> positives. I I guess you know to to have come so close in in both matches, and especially given the fact that it looks like third place in the group. Will go through to the to the knockout stage. Yeah. I, I imagine it's um, a lot of them are, are feeling a bit down at the moment, but ultimately they're the fourth ranked team in their group and they've put in two pretty good performances. So obviously gutting to to, to lose both those matches quite near the end, but yeah, we could do a bit more of a deep dive later. Yeah, later on. I, th- I think the fact that like Australia won the. Um the rugby sevens um at the commonwealth games like they're a good side and i think a few years ago to even like think of scotland women coming that close would have been unthinkable so there's definitely progress being made i think like all those matches are really really close it's just uh yeah it's absolutely gutting they can't get it over the line extremely scottish as well that, that's the thing. It's just nothing just says a big a bit twelve nil up on a big stage at halftime and losing that by two points. That is like car, that is central casting Scottish sporting performance. <laughs> yeah. So you got to take some heart from that. Uh, but as Alan says, we'll, we'll be uh, we'll be looking back at at that campaign and the state of that nation um, soon. But it's been a long one. Obviously, big news today. Um, but uh, follow us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod, on Instagram, Thistle Understroke Rugby Understroke Pod, um, and get onto the newsletter on Substack, Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast, on there. Download the Fanzo app and uh, join us playing the Pint Predictor game this autumn series. It's going to be great fun. Um, we will speak to you guys soon. Cheers. See ya. 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.